What's up guys, welcome to Good Bad 2, the sequel. This is the show where we have a good time watching bad movies. I am your host, John. I am Danielle. And uh, you guys can find the show wherever there's podcasts. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google, MySpace, Yellow Pages. Hold on, that's bullshit. <laughs> well, if they got podcasts, they got us. While you're there, please rate and review. You can also follow along on Instagram. We are at The Good Bad Show. This is where you would go if you were inclined to vote on what stupid-ass movies we should be covering. I agree. This week, we did a Vin Diesel mm -hmm. matchup. Yeah. And uh, the loser was Chronicles of Riddick. As always. And the winner was... Uh, Mark Sinclair's XXX. It's just XXX? Because... <laughs> I googled I googled Mark Sinclair's XXX. Yeah, you did that on my Amazon Prime account too, by the way. Thank you. And now I'm being tracked by like whoever losers go on Amazon Prime to look for porn. <laughs> I, I, just go to the internet. I kept on searching for this movie and I kept on finding porn and after three or four days... I finally landed on the movie that we were trying to watch. Three or four days uh, was also the time that I was not at home. <laughs> I, what can I say? I'm diligent. Um, yeah, so we are reviewing. Go blind. <laughs> we are reviewing Triple X, starring Vin Diesel. Real name Mark Sinclair. Don't know if you knew Vin Diesel is not his real name. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so that's what we're talking about today. We're going to break down the entire plot. Plot. Plot? Is it a plot? Is it a plot? It's more of a series of explosions. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna. An industrial music. <laughs> we're gonna cover Ozfest with explosions. Woo! But when we mm. get done with doing that, we're gonna give you our awards for this movie. They are prestigious, and they are the bold statement, the worst line, the best line, the worst performance, the MVP, the unredeemable moment. We're gonna tell you what our favorite part was. We're gonna give it a better title. Did you do a better title? I did a better title. And, You're gonna love it. And we're gonna decide whether or not it is good, bad, or just bad. And then after that, I have got an announcement for what? our upcoming month of shows. What? An entire month without a break. No of shit. Shows, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna actually pull it off. Without, Why would you overpromise that? Without vacations, travel plans, wildfires, plagues, oh, and everything else that's gotten so in the way. So we should record all of these episodes today, is what you're saying? <laughs> we because just might do that. <laughs> I don't know if we can get through fire season in California, which has already been going on for the last month. Yeah. Uh, Which starts, like, now. <laughs> we just might have to do that. But Shit. at the end of the show, I do have an announcement concerning the entire month of October and the Good, Bad 2, the sequel slate of fine, fine films. How exciting. Right? I get to know, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I'll even fill you in on what? it. What? <laughs> I'll even <laughs> fill you in on it. Okay. But first, fill me in with this triple <laughs> Um, have had you seen XXX starring Mark Sinclair before uh, we watched this? It's a good question. I think I had seen parts of it on cable, which was just something sort of on in the background when I was probably doing some homework or something back in the day. I don't, 
I don't know if I've seen this before, and I still don't know if I have seen it, because mostly, like I said, it's a series of explosions with maybe some plot behind the explosions and ramp jumps. I don't really know. So this movie came out in 2002. Um, by the way, as is the case from now on, uh, it has a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes okay. as compared to The Mummy's 16. <laughs> um, it came out in 2002 when I would have been uh, 18 or 19 years old. And this movie was in my fucking wheelhouse man i'm so glad i've said this time. so many times before i am really glad i didn't know you at that age <laughs> this would have never happened no not at all that that don't rub off <laughs> this movie spoke to me on oh, a molecular God. level in 2002 what does that feel like to be spoken to on a molecular level by vin diesel what does it feel like yeah what is it's a like? it's a deep uh, throbbing, uh, grum oh, mumble, geez. grumble. Uh, <laughs> it's it, it hits you in the in the in, in the, the nads, right in the Red mm -hmm. Bull center of your heart. Oh God! Uh, it gets right to your backwards monster energy hat. It gets you right in the nautical star tattoo. <laughs> Um, Which is ironic because in Texas, that's a totally normal thing. Like that's actually a symbol of Texas. But here, it means something way different. Way, <laughs> yeah. way different. Um, tell us about who you were when you were 18 or 19. Um, let's see. I was uh, on the cusp of being arrested every day. Um, I was pretty routinely getting into a fight that uh, I always caused. Um, I was prob probably <laughs> stealing something that didn't belong to me. That's how stealing usually works. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't that bright then <laughs> or now. <laughs> um, and I was spending a lot of time watching Vin Diesel movies and listening to Romstein. Oh, boy. So you were yeah. an angry little boy. Yes, I was. Did you uh, wear a decoration? What's that? Did you wear decorations? Like necklaces. Yeah. And yes, I was. Uh, I was Chris Angel before I even knew who Chris Angel was. I had no less than two chains five rings between my two hands, several necklaces, bandanas. Um, I would often get asked the question, do you ride a motorcycle? To which I would say, no, why are you asking that? <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was me in 2002. Ah, lots of lots of that change. That was me in 2002. I, I can't imagine you with more than one chain and three rings today. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, you couldn't pay me to put on a bunch of accessories now. I don't I have know. the time. Who, who, I don't want to carry them around. They're heavy. You're just, you're just like a, a guy now. Yeah. A guy who watches wrestling with the neighbor's cat. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> True story. I know. <laughs> True story. The neighbor's cat comes over and watches wrestling with me. Um, okay. Like this, this movie, speaking of Romstein, uh -huh. the very first thing you hear is Romstein uh -huh. in this movie. That's the introduction uh, of, of Triple X. And then you see the um, the old, out-of-date, Bond-esque super secret agent who looks like Conan O'Brien. Did he? Yeah. Huh. I, wrote, I didn't catch I that. I wrote down Conan Bond steals a thing. Yeah, glowy electric thing <laughs> that, you he, know, at some point I thought would be zoomed and enhanced, but it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, there, there, were, there were binoculars. Yeah, and, and then and then he runs into this this sort of concert party rave, whatever you want to call it, only existed in this time period of this, like, genre of a genre of a genre. 
Can I unpack that slightly? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so first of all, this movie starts off already a couple of years behind its time. It opened mm. up so 90s. 90s color cast, 90s-ish music. But very recently, we watched a very similar movie, which was The Mummy, which also had its share of industrial electro underground concerts yeah. scattered throughout the movie like who would even know there's a common thread between triple x and the mummy so that's interesting because the mummy was trying to pull from 1930s horror hollywood frankenstein mm. this movie was trying to pull from what they thought was a current <laughs> relevant party scene that's that's interesting um yeah so so conan james bond gets killed by industrial goths one of whom is wearing a romstein shirt <laughs> which i thought was maybe a little a little on the nose oh um, oh that that never happened again in this movie wow glad they got that out of the way my note says fuck bond quote subtext <laughs> they have, they while have, they're while there's while the music is firefight and things are exploding and there's literally fire everywhere and they have oh a guy God. in a tuxedo with a bullet hole in his chest who's being uh crowd surfed yep. out out the door Through basically the like they don't show it but in my head they just crowd surfed him out the door and into a dumpster <laughs> <laughs> just quiet out there <laughs> fuck bond um, and then we meet one-eyed Samuel L. Jackson. Playing Samuel L. Jackson. Remember that movie where he plays the head of a secret uh, world mm. uh, law organization mm. and he has a scar over his left mm -hmm. eye and he has to recruit uh, a group of agents. Um, He's a little I, rough around the edges. Yeah, and he says things such as, I've got my eye on you. I believe it's called The Avengers. Oh, no, wait, Triple X. I wonder if between, like, from 2000, like, maybe 1998 until today, he just shows up, and he's like, here's some flashcards, here's the characters I will play for you. And he yeah. gives them three flashcards, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they're like, we'll take them. You want A, B, or C. <laughs> um, yeah, he, and he basically explains to the old stuffy guys that he wants to hire a convict so he can what do you say send your own snake to the rat pit i don't know some kind of stupid fucking oh, yeah. <laughs> metaphor oh um, man i was already i couldn't even see because i was rolling my eyes so hard already <laughs> i had to, i had to wait until they got down to six o'clock every time in their circulation so i could see what i was writing <laughs> and then we get it was uh, terrible a red corvette pulls up oh yeah the senator douche which has a bumper sticker on it which reads skateboarding is a crime mm -hmm. and that's it no one feels that passionately about skateboarders didn't they no one in the ever, 90s no one ever did i i feel like in the 90s where i grew up this was a thing on, on a bumper sticker yeah how could they they covered up all their texas bumper stickers with yep. one that was against skateboarders yeah it was real weird really it was real weird for a brief period of time well in california where this scene takes place uh i could tell you no one felt like you might get some old staunch stuffy guy that would be like i oh, got damn skateboarders that, that was it he wasn't hey. gonna go purchase and place a bumper sticker on his corvette if we got any old staunch stuffy guys listening to this who agree and remember a time where skateboarding was basically like a federal offense get at us at the good bad show on instagram Drop it into our comments. I want to know. I want to have this conversation with you. Tell <laughs> are, us about those good old days. Are you pro or anti-skateboard? I'm indifferent. I don't care. If people want to skateboard, great. Just don't do it on my lawn. Th then we meet 
triple X and you and you can tell that we're meeting triple X because he has a tattoo on the back mm. of his neck Did he? which says triple X if you catch didn't that. if you didn't catch it mm -mm. here you would have 11 more opportunities to see it you okay I only got <laughs> maybe I just stopped or maybe I was busy writing a lot I only got six shots <laughs> I, was, I, w I had a tally going too I was exaggerating but for fuck's sake. Yeah, I, I got six clear shots of where the camera was only focused on the neck tattoo. The one the one is fine. The, the one, one is fine. The one is fine. Not only that, not only did they hammer that dead horse nail into the grave. <laughs> dead horse nail. But the airbrush tattoos in this movie. Good God almighty are they bad. I hope the person who applied the tattoos in this movie never worked in Hollywood doing that job ever again. This movie made me want to get another tattoo. <laughs> I was like, man, those are the good old days. You could have just like tramp stamps all over your body. Nipple. You could have nipple suns. Yeah. I, I bet you, he no, he didn't have in this movie, but I wouldn't be surprised if at some point his character also gets the, the sun around the belly button tattoo. He did. He yeah his he belly had, button he had belly button the happy trail up to his belly button and nipple tattoos no I saw I saw that he had like a like a I don't know what it's called when it frames like your belly shape above no, your there was pant a belly line, button there but was, did he have the sun around the belly button yeah. for fuck's sake yeah and and the nipples uh, <sighs> oh my god <laughs> but the Ugh. airbrush job on yep. everyone's uh -huh. tattoos so bad hey listen I have tattoos they have outlines. Sometimes they don't, but more often than not, they do. Every tattoo in this movie does not have an outline because it's airbrushed. So it all looks airbrushed. Not only that, his tattoos, the main character, uh -huh. the point of him is that he's tattooed, uh -huh. essentially. Uh -huh. His tattoos change constantly throughout the movie. <laughs> they're Except missing. that X one. There's several shots of him where the X isn't on his neck. Really? Yes. Oh man, you're better at noticing this You had thing. one job and you... Tattoo guy, where is he? Uh, he's drunk again. He fucking, he's out doing a real X in the movie trailers. He forgets to show up for work and reapply oh, the airbrush man. tattoos. So, so yeah, Vin Diesel cuts a promo on the senator who, uh, the, the, his beef with the senator is that the senator doesn't like skateboarding. And he's an... He's an extreme athlete, and that's when yeah. extreme was spelled without the first E. <laughs> yeah, he was an extreme sports With a capital athlete. I, is YouTube around in 2002? Where is he putting these videos that he's making? Just on the internet in general? MySpace. Was YouTube around? I think it was around, but was it? I don't think so. Like a thing you could. I, I don't think any. I don't think it was a, at least a very like a common thing that people it would was, discuss. It was. It was because in 2002. I remember there were viral videos, okay, and you had to watch them on the internet, which I'm pretty positive was done on YouTube. Okay, all right. I think it was there. There, like, video virality was a thing in the early, early, early 2000s. It was happening, so I would imagine YouTube was the place. All right, so yeah, he makes a <laughs> extreme <laughs> sports video of himself jumping a car off of a bridge, which I liked was it. actually in Auburn, which is oh. uh, a couple hours east of us, um, and. Uh, and there to pick him up are his buddies, Matt Hoffman and Tony Hawk. Hold on. Are you not going to talk about his one-liner, he said, as he jumped off? Oh, yeah. Uh, I hadn't gotten to that point in my notes yet. But yeah, so he, he is 
cutting his promo on the senator and skateboarding is not a crime and this is to teach you a lesson and just before the car goes off the bridge he looks right down the barrel of the camera and he says you've entered the xander zone <laughs> which is such a it was a terrible line then and it's gotten even terrible since then yeah but you ate it up when you watched it didn't you yeah and I did last night, too. It's hilarious. You were allowed to vote and drive at that time. There's a lot of people like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this all this talk about that you should vote, you should, unless you're a 19-year-old who likes Vin Diesel. Oh, poor Vin Diesel. <laughs> I love Vin Diesel. I know. Um, Nothing wrong with Vin Diesel. Also, also there is a, um, what do you call it when you when you start a record? A pin, pin drop? Record drop, needle drop. I know drop, what you're talking about. Needle drop. That. There is a needle drop the moment that he jumps the uh, Corvette that is let the bodies hit the floor, <laughs> which at the time was new and cool, but is now the most cliche song. Dude. Let the bodies hit the floor is the song that I reference whenever you talk to, whenever you talk to a, a woman who tries to claim that she's cooler than she is because she likes metal. Oh, boy. That's the song that they will always say, well, I like that song. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so his getaway driver is Tony Hawk, thus adding credibility to his extreme sports. <laughs> I mean, he uh, looked kind of short for Tony Hawk, but that's fine. It definitely was Tony Hawk. <laughs> um, and then he goes home. Which is a, like, what do you call this? A loft? A flat? Um, it's an extreme industrial hangout pad. <laughs> His house is basically the uh, Foot Clan lair from Ninja Turtles oh, with, yeah, like, a, a half pipe. And oh Eve is there. Eve, These... Eve is his social media director. <laughs> yeah basically all of these people man it was so funny like on one hand i'm looking i'm like wow these people are trying so hard to be cool and on the other hand i'm like i miss these people you probably, where are these people you probably didn't recognize the guy that was like sucking up to him was matt hoffman no i didn't matt hoffman is a, a famous bmx writer he's the tony hawk of bmx i see um they had congruent famous video games around uh -huh. this time um, and yeah, so Matt Hoffman was the fellow with god-awful acting skills talking and, to Xander. And there were, there was an extreme dose of 90s glasses, 90s indoor glasses, which is another common thread in good bad movies is usually ultra bad or ultra cool people show you that they're this way with in indoor sunglasses indoor, that are really yeah. small. They in only cover the eyeball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the cops show up. And uh, and wrecked the party, and he has a line in there. He goes, "Well, it was only a Corvette," which I thought was actually sort of funny. And then he wakes up in a diner. Remember that time where Samuel Jackson had only one <laughs> eye, and he was the leader of a global uh, police organization, and he staged a false mm. setting for your hero to wake up in, and your hero recognizes it immediately and busts out. I no, think it. I've, I've, what a creative concept. I've never heard of in my entire life before, ever. The, the fact that there are Avengers parallels to this movie is is shaking up my whole foundation. <laughs> <laughs> Triple X is baked into the Avengers. 
You cannot get away from it. Triple X informs all media after Triple X. <laughs> so, yeah, he wakes up in the diner and there's a bunch of little clues that it's not on the up and up. Uh, and and then he takes out the bad guys and then he lists the clues. He that... Sherlock Xander deduces the clues. <laughs> that indicate that this place is not on the up and up which include that the waitress was wearing high heels that was the that was the main one because his aunt was a was a waitress but the best one was that there was a stockbroker who was reading the financial times on a sunday who would want to educate themselves on a sunday when the market is closed wow he is so smart and cool oh man yeah I mean, like, even even when they're deducing hidden clues, they're heavy-handed about it. Oh, it was so, oh, it was rough. <laughs> Their effort to make him look, uh, like, street smart and, and with it just made him look even dumber. So lame. I know. It was, it was really sad. He could have um, been cool. But the problem is, is a large portion of society who was like, man, he's so cool. Yeah, me. I, was I know. Like, I was I like, live yeah. In it. Who would read the Financial Times on a Sunday? Wow. <laughs> See, I got the one up on you. This whole movie is about people wanting to get the one up on somebody yeah. else. Yeah, I was like, yeah, what you want to do is wait until Monday morning when the market is open. Then start reading. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's that's how I felt at 19. <laughs> Um, so they dart him again. Yep. Uh, he's he's kind of wise to what's going on now, which is hilarious because the premise of this movie is original and fan fantastical and mm -hmm. unrealistic. That that the the I forget what the NSA or whatever is seeking out criminals to do their bidding. Mm -hmm. He picks up on that immediately, as though it's a common thing that happens in a normal right. premise. Because he's he's so overly confident and arrogant that yeah. he has to basically like own and claim any situation of like not only am I in on your little joke but I'm already one step ahead of yeah. you, yeah. which then fucks him over in the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wakes up in an airplane with his stunt doubles and a bunch of mean-looking bald guys. His that's what I mean. I his, know his his stunt doubles. All criminals look this way. Mean looking bald guys. All criminals are covered in fake tattoos and are bald thing. and have weird piercings. I have a thing for mean looking bald guys, so I was for it. I was like, man, a whole plane of them? All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, they, they... They gotta look mean, though. They tie them, I don't know what you call it, they're gonna like knock him out of the plane and he gets this like cocksure look on his face of like... Yeah, you can kick me out of this plane, but I do this for like a living. And yeah, then right. he goes, he goes, oh, I live for this shit. Yeah. And then immediately has an oh fuck look on his face. <laughs> Which are are they trying to convey that he's not as confident as he's putting on? So this is something we've also talked about many many times. Is in, it actually that layered in the Good Bad Show where? 90s and 2000s cool like obviously when you say 90s it has some bleed over into the 2000s right because it's still defining like eras 2002 is yeah still, still the 90s still right just just like like 1987 and 93 are basically yeah. the same thing yeah. right but things that appear really really cool in the 2000s now are so lame because they were trying so hard but at the time we bought into it we were at the age where like if it looked cool, yo, it I was, was like, I, was I like, had he and still own a pair of 
indoor sunglasses that only go over my eyes and they're not cool but at the time I felt so fucking cool when I had them so at this point he's trying really 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 hard to be cool but it's 2000s cool where us in our lens of 2020 look back and we're like this is embarrassingly lame <laughs> he's trying so hard <laughs> well speaking of actually cool and doesn't have to try yeah. hard and never ever change Danny Trejo <laughs> comes yeah. walking into this movie mm-hmm. and f- the fucking mood changes because you're like yeah Danny Trejo <laughs> and something about to get fucked up <laughs> what does he grab a fucking machete Goddamn right he does <laughs> uh, that guy has a gimmick and he's sticking to it hey, and we it. like it <laughs> yeah and we are for it and then Vin Diesel's the class clown and he's just cutting up in here and he's got all kinds of jokes uh, and he's really impressing all of his stunt doubles who are also <laughs> tied up in the room and think he he's... still thinks it's a setup. <laughs> and uh, to save the day, a helicopter of, I'm assuming, rival drug dealers. I don't... I, I'm not sure exactly who was in the fight here. There was a lot of... There were a lot of different parties. I think there were four different parties who were in this yeah, shootout. You have Vin Diesel and his stunt doubles. You have the drug dealers who are holding them captive. Mm-hmm. You have the, the helicopters who come and start shooting up the place who I presume is a rival 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 drug gang i think i didn't catch like a flag or anything like that and then after the fight then uh samuel jackson the nsa show up but during this whole scene you get just over the top ridiculous humongous action which is the whole point of this movie and the way that it's set up in an effort to make extreme sports star Xander Cage shine <laughs> is nothing short of hilarious. Tell us He more. happens to stumble across the Nicaraguan drug dealers, or no, sorry, Colombian drug dealers, pristine dirt bike, uh-huh. which was just laying there. Yep, like a video game. <laughs> and then he's driving it aimlessly back mm-hmm. and forth i think he was looking for one of his stunt doubles who had he had left in like the yeah. in the coke plants yep. or whatever and he's being shot at everything is exploding rows and rows of cars exploding he's being shot at by a helicopter with a machine gun which has really bad aim yeah it's making perfect vertical rows mm-hmm. of bullets next to him yep um and then at one point he turns the dirt bike to face the helicopter he looks at the barn, which has a pitched roof, which they give you a very clear shot of. The roof uh-huh. is 10 feet off the ground. Yeah, it's pretty high. I don't know how he got up there. <laughs> 10 feet off the ground. His stuntman, his obvious, obvious stuntman, jumps up one side of the barn, which gets blowed up, mm-hmm. and then drives down the other side, like milliseconds before it disintegrates in, mm-hmm. in mid-explosion. What was explosive in there, I wonder? <laughs> they, I think they shot a rocket into it or something. Oh, also rocket but, launcher. But what was the plan there? I don't know. He what, just needed to jump. <laughs> I just gotta jump. What was the effort there? Oh, There's there, In this scene, there are three different obvious stuntman jumps, like over barbed wire, over this barn, oh, something else. Oh, yeah, through else. barbed wire. Yeah, and you can see each time some other homie that is not Vin Diesel. Without I constantly joke with Sean that every bald white guy looks the same. Well, this movie disproves that because <laughs> very clearly not not Vin Diesel in those uh, in those jumps. Um, and then and then it's just over. Like it just is the next day. He was caught again. Yeah. 
he was caught again. He keeps getting caught. Yeah. Like, he's terrible at not getting caught. Right. But he gets caught, and then it's just the next day. There's no conclusion at all. Yeah. And then the NSA is in charge. They weren't there, mm-hmm. and now they are, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And they they offer him a job, <laughs> and he's like, uh, I don't want to. And they're like, you don't... You don't. You get to pay back America. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Samuel Jackson has a speech about lions, and when they're in the zoo, they have a different <laughs> look in their eyes. Oh, right, and yes. It, like, it... <laughs> Okie dokie, and then and then he's just in uh, Prague. He sh- Samuel Jackson should have been like, either you can go to jail or I can give you all the tools you need to blow shit up. He should have just said in advance, like I will give you all the guns and blowy shit up you need. Yeah, you so, want to go? You want to go jump stuff and blow stuff up? Huh? Yeah. Do you? Sounds Do you? good. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he goes and meets his contact for for a movie that is shitting on James Bond. They murdered a Bond-like <laughs> character in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. This movie really lines up with a James Bond movie, like, beats, obviously, yeah. without the stupid stunts and all that kind of stuff. The first thing Bond does when he gets to a new place is meets his contact in mm-hmm. every Bond movie, right? First thing Xander Cage does is go meet this Czech cop, and he go takes him to a, a bar to, to get into anarchy 99 another another mummy-esque industrial nightclub yeah rave type so thing. yeah they go in and and uh vin diesel immediately decides he's gonna ditch this cop when he gets mm-hmm. up from the bar the cop turns and yells american at him yeah why <laughs> but why why like what okay cover blown and yeah what game. the fuck <laughs> what, really over. dude <laughs> uh and then, uh, and then uh, Xander Cage goes up. He meets the Anarchy ninety nine guys. He he calls out the cop. Has the cop like thrown out of there so that he can infiltrate Anarchy ninety nine in this group of Russians. I I didn't actually. Ca- I I think they're in Prague, but sometimes they were Russian. They're they're in Prague. Like these guys were Russian though. They are Russian, but the movie takes place in Prague. Got it. So, how many of these people do you figure are actually Russian? Oh, um... My over-under is zero. Okay, mine's one. <laughs> Not one of these fucking people has a believable Russian accent. Are they, any of them Russian? No. Oh. <laughs> they all... You looked it up? Yeah. I, ha- I had to know. Not one of them is Russian. The main guy, Yuri, mm-hmm. is from New Zealand. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the the girl well, he sounds foreign enough. The the girl I can't remember the character's name. She I think is American. Uh, not none of them are Russian. None of not them even one. remotely convinced me that they were Russian. Whoa, we don't do business with <laughs> Russia. So there's that in any way, shape, or form. But they 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 brought him in because he exposed this loser cop and. Um, because they recognized his extreme action videos from the internet. Right, yeah. One of the one of the Russians recognizes him because he is world famous. Yes. So this movie is nothing like James Bond. James Bond is a world famous secret agent. Right. Xander Cage is a secret agent who's world famous. Yep. It's completely different. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally different. And all of this has happened. This is like the first twelve minutes of the movie. Yeah, we. I, I, this is. Half Ugh. of my notes page, and we are twenty minutes in. Yeah, and I, I was like, happened. "Man, this is uh, this is a lot." It's it's 
this was this was homework for me to write down enough notes to catch what was going on and recite it now today and write down my commentary at the same time like it was we were supposed to watch two movies last night and by the time i got done with this i was like i can't it's too much it hurts <laughs> yeah you tapped out i did you're tapped weak. out you're weak no um I this watch, is i just wanted to watch more movies with that cat this is <laughs> this is where we get the brutal conversation that xander has with the girl where it's it's what do you what do you call this like in a social setting like he, they're they're but they're like knocking horns basically right. verbally where sizing each other up yeah she she says something to him and then he's like oh maybe you should get some ice from your heart yeah. if you can find it yeah. it, it is a terrible terrible bit of dialogue mm-hmm. in a movie filled with terrible dialogue yep. well um, and this scene was weird too because they they would have you think that the main russian new zealand guy <laughs> sorry yuri is in charge but then they kind of imply that she's pulling the strings because, like, she's signing the paperwork and doing the banking stuff. But then their power moves away from her after that, and Yuri's definitely in charge. And she, like, you can't tell, is she their girlfriend? Is she a prostitute? Like, her relationship in this film is, is very gray the entire time. Well, until the end. Well, no, it's still gray. It's gray the whole time. I don't know what they want from us with this girl. <laughs> Like there just sh- has to be a girl. I know it's like so you, annoying. Like, why ha- does it always have to be a girl? Just you, like do explode shit. <laughs> it's not like Bond movies. You're not understanding. Bond movies have tall, bright-eyed, blonde women in sequins dresses. This movie is nothing like those movies. <laughs> it has a leather-clad, dark-eyed, sad-looking, sad-looking, malnourished. Like she's gonna bite. She actually will bite you yeah. in this movie. Yeah, she looks. Beat she up. looks like. She's been in a dark room for a year and you just opened the door. Which is the right actress for the job. <laughs> like, I think that's what they wanted with her. She looks... Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I think it's implied that... Wow. Actually, that takes me back to kind of like the earlier 90s when there was a... Like, a look in modeling where it looked like you were strung out on heroin yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's what that's what she looks like. Yep. Yep, that's what... And he Ooh. is besmirched. He, he, uh, bewitched. He's not besmirched. <laughs> he cannot get enough of her. And meanwhile, anyone in their right mind would be like, Ooh. clutch your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> clutch your poils. Because <laughs> this girl is bad news. Yeah, but he's extreme, remember? She, she's very obviously the type of girl that's going to get your power cut off and ruin your credit. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah. I want more of that. Uh, he goes out and parties with them and he wakes up the next day to his Motorola video phone. Yep. Uh, with Samuel L. Jackson telling him, like, you know, uh, buy these cars or whatever. Or, like, you, he's mad that he changed the car list. Right, yes. Um, and then uh, he has to bring him in, bring uh, Xander in, so that he can meet Q. Oh, I'm sorry, not yeah. Q. Shavers, who is uh-huh. not Q. Because mm-hmm. this isn't a Bond movie. Definitely not. Uh, uh, and uh, he's basically Q, only super fucking annoying. Nerdy frat boy. And he is showing... Xander all of the gadgets mm-hmm. all up Bond mm-hmm. which I want to come back to as they come back into the movie but in a Bond movie they give him a gadget such as a laser watch uh-huh. you as the viewer say oh there's going to be a scenario where he's going to need a laser watch yeah and that's that's going to come back into play yeah so the gadgets that he gives him is like uh 
red paint bullets and tranquilizer bullets and 44 caliber bullets mm-hmm. and bandages that are bombs yep. with a detonator that is a detonator. Yeah. <laughs> that, that cracked me up. <laughs> Here are bombs disguised as bandages and the detonator. It's just a detonator. <laughs> yeah. It's not another watch. And then at one point he takes the gun and he shows like what you're supposed to perceive as proficiency with the gun. And the guy's like, oh, you've had weapons training. And he goes, no, I broke my leg and I was in a cast for three months. So I played nothing but first person shooters. And the guy's like, oh, awesome. Okay. So here we have a secret agent who is world famous, Mm -hmm. who never doesn't get caught. Mm -hmm. And his weapons training is from video games. Yeah. No, he's the guy for the job. Yeah, you want you want your uh, biggest Halo star out there and <laughs> protecting the the United States from yeah. Czech Russians. Yeah. You also <laughs> in Prague. You, you also get here X-ray binoculars for sex crimes. Yeah, see through them binoculars. Yeah, but PG thirteen X-ray right glasses because they don't see through underwear. No, they don't see through underwear. They see underwear. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, they see through brick wall. Mm-hmm. To. And HD, through, HD quality. And through the first layer of clothes, yeah. but not through the second layer yeah, of clothes. Because they are set to PG-13. Right, yeah, set to PG-13. See through them. <laughs> We're going to need that. <laughs> so then he goes to make the car deal, and he gets like a bunch of Ferraris. Like <laughs> This 10... literally wrote up what I wrote down. Bunch of Ferraris. <laughs> <laughs> gets a bunch, Two of, words. bunch of Ferraris and uh, Yuri, Yurgi? Yuri. Yurgi? Yuri, the New Zealander, out of the kindness of his heart, throws in a GTO. No, that's what he was looking for. That was car number ten. Oh, was it? Remember, he was like, "The number ten is going to be really hard to get." Oh, see, I thought he watched Fast and the Furious. <laughs> 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 I thought he had seen Fast and the Furious and mm, he threw it in. I see. No. Okay, that makes sense. And then uh, the Czech cop pushes the whole entire window down. This guy's a real schmuck. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a real bum. dope. And then there's the super tense scene of of who's he with between Xander and the New Zealand Russian. <laughs> and then they're like, let's go after him. And Xander shoots him with the fake bullet. And then after he shoots him with the fake bullet in an effort to keep himself undercover, the girl goes to the Czech cop to make sure that he's dead and checks his pulse. She did? With leather gloves on. I was writing down. I totally missed that. That's actually a pretty important part. If he's not really dead, he's going to have a pulse. She checked his pulse? But she had leather gloves on. I didn't... I, I completely missed that part. That's a yeah. pretty important three seconds yeah. so that happened the, while I was writing. The only reason that they think that Xander killed him is because she was too stupid to take off her gloves to check the guy's pulse. Wow. Okay, so she checked his pulse and she was still wrong. So she actually didn't check anything. She, they, there's a there's a split second where she's driving because she had been tailing the GTO. Yeah. And she passes and he they lock eyes yeah. and a whole world of communication happens. Apparently. <laughs> and she's going, she passes him to go to, go to the cop. Huh. Uh, yeah, so massive plot hole in an otherwise spotless movie. Spotless. Pristine. <laughs> shining. Otherwise spotless. Oh my god. Uh, and then uh, and then Yuri tells him, welcome to Anarchy 99. So they're a few years late. <laughs> <laughs> 
they were formed in 99. <laughs> it's actually Anarchy EST 99. Established 99. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they go they go to another club. I think this is the Electrode Club. This is the Electro Industrial yeah. Club instead of the 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 metal industrial club right and there there was something here that you and i both noticed and we said something while we were watching it that the viewers i hope you noticed it too as you're watching this there's really loud techno music being played for you Mm -hmm. but but very obviously the actors are not hearing this music they're on a quiet soundstage because yuri is yelling to over the music that isn't really present and you can hear his voice echoing throughout the soundstage yeah because they're filming it in like an underground um like it's a it's a stone building yeah so it's just bouncing all over the place so you can hear him yelling in a silent room with really loud shoehorned in music it's so annoying <laughs> the whole time you can't get over it too like they're having this whole conversation i'm just thinking about like why did they do it this way yeah I, like they're just yelling at each other in this room it's very awkward what it, i watched i was watching something the other day Oh, I was watching Mindhunters on on Netflix. Uh, highly recommend that show. It has nothing to do with this. But there was a conversation between two people which was happening at a concert. And rather than do it like this, they they were talking over the music that was actually present and they just subtitled that scene. Hmm. Because that's what concert conversations are like. Right. You can't nobody can hear it. Yeah, so So when you could hear Yuri's voice echoing in the room that's mm-hmm. supposed to excuse me, that's supposed to be loud. It just, like, okay, well. Pretty weak. <laughs> and the conversation that they're having is even worse than the way that it sounds. <laughs> they are broing out about a hatred for organized government. Right. And the thing that bonds them is the weirdest fucking thing ever. What was it? Where Yuri says he quotes something. I think he was quoting something. And he goes, he goes, um... If you think that you're free, and then simultaneously the both of them, with great exuberance and excitement, finish the sentence and go, Try walking into a deli and urinating on the cheese! Ha 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 ha! What? <laughs> what? They're buds. What the hell are you talking- How is that a sentence that you both finished? Yeah, we didn't catch the reference. <laughs> what the we didn't. Hell? We didn't catch the reference. They're referencing some something that has to do with anarchy, apparently. What? We I was, that didn't is catch it. one of the weirdest lines in any of the movies Did that we Did you happen covered. to see what it was referencing? No. That's right in there with, you can't piss on hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> Except for two people said it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, he wanders into a room that the the creepy heroin girl is just sitting in alone. Yep. And he just lifts her up and awkward kisses her. I think this is a very PG-13 scene. Like, I think it would have been in most other movies. Like, they would have just started fucking because they're not a kissing couple. That, That's not a couple who kisses. They very clearly did not want to be kissing one another. No, one of them had an onion breath. I don't know. Who. I've seen video of Vin Diesel attempting to flirt <laughs> with interviewers Mm -hmm. which is super awkward look it up it's probably the first thing that comes up when you search his name honestly um he didn't even want to bang this girl you don't think the first thing that comes up when you search his name is his brand new music drop oh today it'll be his new song (laughs) today it's his new song yeah look that up too it's something else Uh, yeah, they that wasn't a that wasn't meant to be a soft scene. I feel like they actually wanted it to be just like a a 
quick closet hookup, but for some reason they wanted to keep it PG-13. Well, they did, but then they thought better of it because they take him to his room and there's just a hoe waiting in there. There's just a dancer in his room, in her bra and underwear, dancing in his room before he even gets there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they go back to their angry castle music party with all of their, like, anarchist drug addict people and... It's they're just like on top of the world, like everything is great. They've got their their bitches and drugs, and everyone's got a hooker in their rooms. Like, you know, he's he's now being like, I'm living the life. This is great. Yeah, he just walks into a room, and there's just a girl in there, and then he takes off his huge stupid fur coat (laughs) eastern european (laughs) fur coat we definitely did not talk about that. And he goes, the things I'm gonna do for my country, like. (laughs) Okay. Like, dude, don't blow your cover for a woman. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Seriously, dude? <laughs> we go on quite a journey with this character from anti-government to needing to participate in the in the plot to save his country. Uh-huh. Or actually not really. The plot doesn't affect his country mm-hmm. at all. But <laughs> she had she had life-size tattoos. That you could get at the same time in a grocery store in one of those quarter mesh, one of those quarter machines, where it's like random Asian characters with a dragon attached to it. They're like, that's the kind of tattoos that she needs. Man, I swear to God, this movie made me want to get more tattoos. <laughs> that is shocking to me that this movie made you want to get tattoos. I know because these were all bad decision tattoos. His, I think his, it was nostalgic. I'm like, man, his back specific in the day. tattoos weren't even cool at the time the like vertical lines on his bicep and the like airbrush blue sun on this on his shoulder like they don't even go together if you have the time to sit down with a pen and and paper and manufacture fake tattoos that you're going to apply to vin diesel on an everyday basis that's what you came up with so okay (sighs) at that time and it's still around Tattoos were starting to hit the mainstream, and not everyone who had tattoos could afford to be a tattoo snob anymore. I should say, not everyone who gave tattoos, who administered tattoos, could afford to be a tattoo snob anymore. I think with the Ed Hardy, like Michael Bay, Chris Angel, sort of all of that, like 90s, 2000s days, Triple X, it turned to like flash tattoos and tribal tattoos and like whatever you could get because having a tattoo was the thing to do just to have it in general which is like ironic because at the time i remember a lot of tribal tattoos on biceps and now i don't see them so i don't know if a lot of people got them removed covered up or they just wear shirts with a little bit longer sleeves we we just wear shirts now (laughs) yeah like i don't like they're tattoos they don't go away unless you spend time and money and pain getting rid of them so to be fair a lot of to be fair there are a lot of tramp stamps from soccer moms that are getting covered up from that era as well (laughs) yeah a lot of tribal tramp stamps yeah (laughs) so Uh 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 he the next day he wakes up and it's time to do some spy stuff and he goes into a like a secret room where uh the girl who i do not know that character's name i don't know either i do not care i never she comes in and she presses the button in the floor which opens up the safe yeah hey on a scale of one to ten, how bad of an idea is it to put your secret button safe on the floor? Where people walk. Where people walk. Yeah, and just idea. hope no one steps on that specific spot ever. 
don't know, man. So he goes in and he's like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm, uh, I'm a, I'm a spy." And he's like, "What? I'm a spy too!" Wow. If he thinks he can get laid, he's just gonna tell people he's Dude, a spy. Dude, he's loose-lipped, man. He's sticking ships <laughs> left and right. This guy is terrible at his job. So he's like, "Let's go get some lunch." So they go to a black tie restaurant where he's wearing a sleeveless shirt. For all of his tattoos. And, uh, oh, he's wearing a sleeveless shirt under his Eastern European, uh, like, lamb Douche lamb fur wool. jacket. He has, a, like, five different sheep, fur coats. Sheep cowl jacket. It's, it's like, progressively larger and larger fur coats throughout the movie. Those things stayed in style for a long time. Like, obviously they have functionality. It's warm when it's cold outside. Yeah. But they, uh... That look made it to the U.S. for a while. <laughs> like it, it, it lingered for a long time in the states. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. so he's having lunch with her, and she gets a phone call from the sniper guy that uh, he's a he's a secret agent, and he has just told her he's a secret agent. Yes, because he wants to get laid. Yeah, he wants a boner. So they got to figure out how to get out of this restaurant. First of all, they dine and dash. They do not pay their bill, <laughs> and they get up and they leave. And he uses the old serving tray trick, <laughs> which is whack your date in the face with the <laughs> serving tray, then blind the sniper with it, then use it to skateboard grind down the stairs. Yeah, classic. It's, it's a it's a traditional Bond move. <laughs> the old the old serving tray trick, and then he goes to the dusty opera where Samuel Jackson is. Wait. No, here's what's dumb. He escaped. Okay, this part really bothered me. He escapes from meeting with this girl who's in on it, who gets a call from one of the other Russians who knows what they're both up to, and he escapes to the GTO that they provided to him, the one place where they know that he can go. That's the only place. He goes to that car and escapes in a highly visible American, purple, blue American muscle car to hide. Uh Uh-uh. That's dumb. (laughs) This dude's dumb. He's real dumb. I think you're trying to find plot holes where they don't exist. (laughs) Uh, So he he goes and meets Samuel Jackson for more instructions at the world's dustiest opera. That was really weird. What the hell was that? That was really weird. So he's, I forget what they're talking about. It doesn't matter. But every time they would show a close up of Samuel Jackson, the background is filled with flying dust. Yeah. That was really distracting. Maybe they tried to have some kind of ambiance with between like operatic music and like a dusty room, but it just, it didn't fly. I think this movie was filmed digitally. Which, like, when you try to create depth and ambiance, it doesn't really work out very well digitally. Because now you've just got basically two dimensions instead of a really nice depth of field. So, I think they were trying for something that didn't really go. What is in the, like, psychology books or, or whatever that there's always a figurehead, either like a mafia leader or a, or a CIA head or somebody who is sitting in an audience by themselves watching a performance alone there's there's always an opera or a band or a ballet and there's one person in the audience and someone comes in and gets their instructions from that person i think it shows control on multiple levels so it shows that they have access to something like that when no other audience should have it it shows that they have control over their more immature, like extreme 
emotions by having the desire to go see something cultured and like they genuinely want to be there and it shows control of having their own perimeter set by being in some place where probably nobody else could find them which like who's gonna go look at you know 3 p.m opera practice in Prague right yeah. to find the bad guy yeah I, I guess uh, I guess it makes a, as much sense as anything <laughs> so I think what happened here was Samuel Jackson told Xander that he had to go home but he knew he wasn't gonna go home yeah he gave him the old switcheroo <laughs> so so Reverse psychology so Xander being the defiant badass that he is climbs the mountain up to the secret castle man I really like that castle by the way where he plants band-aids <laughs> on all on of dirt the bikes on all of the mer- motorcycles uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. why are why are they band-aids yeah they at no point does it patches. matter at all that they're disguised as band-aids yeah because band-aids belong on things <laughs> that aren't people that's where that's what you should have there not like just you know a piece of vinyl what? Or duct tape. Maybe what? if they were disguised as duct tape, that would make more sense. Uh, all these super clever uh, Anarchy 99 members, at no point did any of them go, Hey man, why are you carrying around so many fucking band-aids? Why are there band-aids all over our vehicles? <laughs> and what's that thing that looks like a detonator that you have with your band-aids? Yeah, what's going on here, bud? What's that all about? So he plants band-aids on all of the, on all of the motorbikes. And then we get to see Ahab, which is an evil submarine. Super evil. Super evil submarine. But it doesn't go under the water. It's, no, no. It's, it's, a, wa- it's a jet skis. It's a... Uh, it's a ski-doo. Uh, it's a missile ski-doo. Above marine. Yeah. Top marine. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, an evil ski-doo. Um, and so Xander gets out his pervy binoculars to see what's going on. Now they are pristine 4k quality yeah <laughs> through a brick and, wall and they're recording video and taking pictures <laughs> through a brick wall uh-huh. um and he gets to see yuri murder all of the scientists who made the evil submarine in the first place that was a pretty fucked up scene that was yeah. a good scene actually it was um and then you know that the room is now safe from the gas that killed the scientists because the deathometers start to go down there, right. There was a skull and crossbones <laughs> deathometer of two of two identical outputs. Yeah, you had to have two to make sure you knew how much death was in the room. It was like max death, minimum death. Like there was a red zone, which was most of the deathometer. Yeah. And then there was a small little portion under it. So it's like here you're kind of dead. Here you're extra super dead. Here mm. you're maximum dead. Yeah. Like full scale eleven. It was, and then there was one tiny section at the very beginning that was white and not red. Like. Yep. <sighs> Less, Clean. like, Clean. no death here. <laughs> no, no, no death at all. Um, he, uh, I don't know how he gets, like, discovered and a chase ensues. He has with him his super, super secret agent, not Bond, revolver, mm-hmm. which has six different bullets Darts. in it, five of which are not bullets. Yep. The worst weapon in the history of secret agent movies. Yeah, it uh, seems inefficient, actually. And he has to, every time, roll out, select which one he wants, put it back in. Yeah. And then, at two or three occasions, fires a useless dart at people yep. before he gets to the one that he wants. Uh-huh. Worst weapon ever. Yeah, it's real dumb. Absolutely the that worst weapon sense. in movie history. Uh, so he goes and gets another super convenient dirt bike, which are just... 
you know the uh, rental bicycles that are just laying around mm -hmm. in like San Francisco and Tahoe? Mm -hmm. That's dirt bikes in Prague, actually. Oh, yeah. I don't know everywhere. if you knew that. They're just laying around on the ground. Well, sometimes you really need one to go, um, you know, skiing with. <laughs> the people in Prague are like, ugh, I wish these fucking dirt bikes weren't laying all over the ground. <laughs> so he finds one of those, uh, takes the bandage off, bandage off of it. Um, and then he uh, dirt bikes away and blows up their their little castle. Yeah, the bitey lady saves them. Now they're together. Um, yeah, no. Well, the the Czech cop he gets back to his his like apartment or whatever. All uh, right, this and the, happens. The Czech Jesus, cop this is movie in there. Is long. He's a he is a traitor now, out of the fucking blue. Yep. Inconsequential to anything that happened before or after. Right. That character didn't even need to exist. Because can no longer be trusted, but definitely <laughs> was trustworthy before. Yeah. Sure. Dead immediately after yeah, didn't, revealing didn't that, he has, that he has uh, tr turned. The person mm -hmm. that kills him is the girl who yep. breaks into the room and says, I'm an agent. <laughs> so you get him switching and her switching in a matter of seconds. Both are already known and inconsequential. Yep, doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever makes the audience feel good. Yeah. Um, Audiences like to feel like they figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this we, movie does it for you. Yeah. I, I, I knew it. <laughs> ah, I'm so smart. So he takes his GTO into Q, not who isn't Q, mm -hmm. and he has it loaded up with, with weapons. Like a tank. Yeah. And then, Full on. And then he's got to airdrop <clears throat> from a helicopter and snowboard into the evil lair. Yes. I think he has to go knock out the transmitter, right? Is that this scene? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so yeah. he has to airdrop from far away via helicopter. It, he, like, falls way, way high up, and he has to parachute down well, with a snowboard. Also, the, the geography scenes, uh, shots that they're showing before he drops out of the helicopter are of mountains with hardly any snow on them. They're, they're of mountains that it's, like, yeah, there's a lot of brown. May. And the snow has melted, and if you try to snowboard there, you're just gonna hit the ground and die. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a and, lot of brown there. And then when he actually goes jumps out, it's fresh powder in mm -hmm. January. Yeah, oh yeah, full on. <laughs> and the music here, the the needle drop in this scene, suddenly we go to the loudest, most aggressive screamo metal you've ever heard in your <laughs> life, which is really jarring because it actually doesn't fit this movie. Mm -mm. Like it's not um, of the times. It's not going to sell the 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 snowboard the snowboard the soundtrack. I bet you there's triple X snowboards. Would you agree that this scene, this drop in snowboarding action sequence, was both really good action sequence and really good filming? Yeah, it actually, was, yeah. This was one of the highlights of the movie for sure. Yeah, it was it it was really really good. It was compelling. It yeah. was it was well filmed and well thought out because surely they couldn't do this too many times. Um, that music wasn't really necessary to supplement the impressiveness of that scene. Exactly. Like, for some reason, they just layered it on. Yeah. It's so yeah, he, he intentionally starts an avalanche with some grenades and uses it as cover. He outruns an avalanche. <laughs> he outruns for like twenty minutes. He outruns an avalanche for fucking ever. Yeah, it took a long which time. Which takes out the guys on snowmobiles because those guys are a bunch of dum dums. Mm -hmm. They're not smart like him. And he <laughs> grabs onto the tower and he survives. And he's got a one liner. Nothing like fresh powder <laughs> but then he gets caught again he gets caught again 
<laughs> and he you have here the speech from yuri okay so first yuri has a terrible terrible russian accent secondly the dialogue that he's saying with his terrible russian accent here he's doing the bond bad guy talking too much and laying out your mm -hmm. whole plan even though no one asked and he his explanation of it is that he's just trying to cause abject chaos mm -hmm. he doesn't even obviously anarchy but he doesn't his explanation is these guys shooting at those guys those guys invade these guys that's not dialogue that's rambling <laughs> <laughs> that that is i bring this up on almost every episode a writer has to put it on paper give it to the director the director has to give it to the actor and then it has to be spoken recorded and distributed before it gets to us mm -hmm. and you came up with those guys and <laughs> these guys what the fuck are you talking about um escape ensues i guess we don't <laughs> and, even know anymore people uh, are just running around and uh uh the oh ahab, ahab is on the loose now Europol arrives just in time, so now he's got backup. Yeah, uh, ah Ahab is on the loose. Uh, sniper smoking guy gets blown up with a heat-seeking um, video camera. That was such a, like, <laughs> goofy, long setup callback, because yeah. at the beginning-ish of this movie, he's talking about how he would smoke instead of breathing air, and you're like, sure, spending a long time hearing about this guy's smoking habits we don't care about, yeah. and then, like... Later, for some reason, he he was the critical element that needed to be destroyed in order to save the world, and they found him because he was smoking, so they used a heat seat. Like, what kind of a, sm a sniper gives away his position indoors by smoking? Yeah. Come on! The, the whole point of the cigarette being the heat signature mm. is dumb as shit, but mm -hmm. even dumber than that is a sniper who smokes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Uh, we have to chase Ahab who gets out and at <laughs> some point the bad guy died and I missed it because I was taking a note. Yeah, he Your your main bad guy shouldn't be allowed to be missed because you looked away for five seconds. Yeah, he died like he escaped in a speedboat and then he got shot by Vin Diesel in the back and then he just ran into a cliff and blew up. And that was the end of that. Like there should have been a showdown. There should have been a face to face. What's, what's there should have been a battle on Ahab. What's the best movie bad guy death? Oh, fuck. Man, I would have to really think about that. No, it's obvious. It's Hans Gruber from Die Hard. <laughs> uh, if you look away for a minute... Get out of here. He won't even be halfway down by the time you look yeah. back. Like, that's how bad guys die. That's how bad guys are supposed to die. Not completely and utterly without any pop and circumstance. Fair um, enough. We were, we were just in a 20-minute avalanche in uh -huh. the same location. Oh, it took forever. In the same location, Ahab takes off. It is August. <laughs> there is no snow in any direction. Yeah, headed to Prague. It's summer right there. <laughs> there is not even a little snow anywhere now. Like, okay, all right, let's it's let's really go. bothering this you. Is a, it's a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> nice day to die. <laughs> so, um, the nerd shows up with the GTO. Oh, um, yeah. The you get. Probably five minutes of Xander Cage driving the GTO while the girl reviews the manual. Mm -hmm. My note says Z Z Z Z. <laughs> what? This is a, supposed to be like the biggest, baddest action movie in the history of movies in 2002. You're giving me five minutes of owner's manual review? Right. Well, like she's stressed out because it's all handwritten about how to use all of these machines and like guns and stuff like that. And so they're 
pressing buttons trying to make them work but they're not really showing off the badass capabilities of this car like there's flamethrowers so there's just like some fire there's an ejectable roof and so this heavy ass steel gto roof just pops off and kind of bumps down the road and then there's what happened was there an ejectable seat how did he get out he there was a parachute there was a parachute inside the seat and he used a harpoon to to parasail with his american flag parachute over to ahab this this chase went on for 15 minutes yeah and the car was not the star here they really built it up to be well Okay, so you have an entire two-hour and five-minute movie of him just figuring it out, right? Just winging it. Just shooting from the hip, and things pretty much go his way. And then he gets in the car, and he can't figure out the owner's manual of the car that he asked them to load up. Really, really big problem for me. This whole scene was very Looney Tunes. Oh, my God, and it was so fucking long. So long. So he parasails over to Ahab. The countdown clock, I think, was at an hour and a half, uh, maybe longer, and we got to witness the entire fucking thing. Mm -hmm. And then he takes the missile, turns it upside down, shoots the Ahab into the water. You get the whole, is the main character dead or not dead? He's not. Are we not going to talk about his one-liner before he went underwater? He says... By himself now, to no one, he is alone. No mm-hmm. You're you are entering the Xander zone. He says, "Welcome to the danger zone." No, he said Xander zone. He said Xander zone. That's his catchphrase. <laughs> Why would he say something that's not his catchphrase? Because it's Triple X, <laughs> the movie. <laughs> he said his catchphrase. Welcome to the Xander zone. Yep. So, uh, and then he's not dead, and he goes to Bora Bora. And also, I wrote, who cares? <laughs> and then I left some spaces, and then I wrote down just, wow. For the end. <laughs> and that was it. Um, are we going to get into awards first, or are going to give us some trivia first? Well, let's take a break and uh, get, get our ad in, and then uh, I will give you guys some trivia, and we'll do some awards. All right. Whew, it is time for our Triple X Awards. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Are you so prepared? I am ready. Let's let me give you a couple of trivias <laughs> real quick. Okay. Um the stuntmen in this movie were wearing Vin Diesel masks for the Corvette jump. Ew. <laughs> Which is <laughs> no. Is that I'm assuming a Vin Diesel mask is an over the head bald cap. Yeah, so probably. Um, the rocket launcher, which was used to take out the sniper, was a video camera painted green. Huh. Which, why it had the little swivel screen. I was wondering about, oh yeah, the heat the heat seeker thing. I was looking at the two, I was like, wow, that looks like a video camera. That's odd. In, in a lot of the stunts, the stuntmen were well, wearing helmets, but their heads were replaced with CGI Vin Diesel heads. <laughs> Somebody got paid to CGI Vin Diesel heads. Um, and the best bit okay. of trivia. Uh-huh. Do you remember Do you remember uh there was one part in the movie where they showed the back of his neck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um let me think about yes, all 12 times. Did mm-hmm. you notice that the middle X is capitalized? Yes. That was in an effort to have it not be confused for porn. <laughs> Oh right, okay. So when you type it out, so then when you guys search this movie, you gotta you gotta type out lowercase x, uppercase x, lowercase yeah. x. 
Yeah, just so you don't just so you don't get it confused with porn. Yeah, so. no, that make that makes a lot of sense. So why are there three X's? Because his first name is Xander, last name Cage with a C. Where's the other two X's coming well, from? Well, Samuel Jackson said you're looking at three strikes. Ah, right. But okay. This was this was mm. in reference to the Corvette jump, which apparently was worth three felonies. Hmm. So I don't know why he had that tattoo in the first place because he didn't have any strikes before that. Yeah, he did. No, that was his third strike because he listed off two things that had been done prior to the movie. I thought all three of them were concerning that. I don't actually care. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll look into it on my own time. Great. Can we get into our awards now? (laughs) Sure. All right. I want to hear your bold statement about 2002's Triple X. Okay. Uh, Can I do two? Yeah. Okay. So I have two. Put one for me. One of them is this Xander Cage, which is the main character's name. Got it. Would you say that that's pretty stupid? Uh, The name Xander Cage? I don't know. Seems pretty extreme. My first bold statement is that Xander Cage is a less stupid fake name than Vin Diesel. (laughs) Vin Diesel is a made up name. I like cars. That Mark Sinclair gave himself, and it worked really well for the guy. But Xander Cage isn't as dumb as Vin Diesel is. They're they're on par. They both telegraph far and wide what you're about to get into. Seems pretty on brand. Um, Okay, and then my other bold statement is that Vin Diesel is a good actor in comparison to Matt Hoffman. Oh, boy. (laughs) If you put BMX champion Matt Hoffman in your movie, Mm. then you get... I see. Hire ugly bridesmaids is what you're saying. Yes. Got it. Exactly. That's what I'm going for. Got it. Woo, you're brutal today. Ow. (laughs) Okay. My bold statement. This movie is the neon no fear sticker. Yeah. Yeah. This This is what you get. This is a flavor of Red Bull... This is a no fear sticker. The this, big one. Yeah, th- this is uh, extreme. Extreme <laughs> with a capital X. Extreme. What's your worst line? Oh man, um, if you think that you're free, try walking into a deli and urinating on the cheese. Put that line. In any movie, I figure out the reference ever, and it's—I don't care what the reference is. It's still terrible. <laughs> it's still terrible. <laughs> Mine is, you know what? My friends call me X. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of really bad lines, and it's just hard to transcribe them. They're terrible. It's hard to write them down it, because yeah. they're not lines. They're entire conversations yeah, of dialogue. Totally agree. That are just the worst. Um, also, Dick, you've just entered the Xander zone. Oh, God. Yeah, any of his one-liners <laughs> that I that we already talked about? Oh, my God. Um, was that... So that was your worst line? Was uh, the, 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 the deli ur- sandwich? Urinating on the cheese, yeah. Um, what's your best line? Um... Uh, <laughs> oh, the the nerd guy Q who isn't Q is <laughs> is uh, giving Xander a bunch of shit for having become an agent with only two days, and he went to school and da 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 da, and he won't shut up. And Vin Diesel just looks at him and goes, "You ever get punched in the face for talking too much?" 
that was the only time I believed this character. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, like I want to yeah. punch, I want to punch that guy too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Mine was when we were at the NSA, and we're in the Russian room, and they're pulling up all the bad guys and doing some zooms and enhances on like this list of bad guys who's we find out later is Anarchy Ninety Nine, and they're they're profiling them, and I think. Um, I think Samuel Jackson's character says something like, These are scum, thugs, best and brightest of the bottom of the barrel. That's probably, okay. probably the best line we got. Not a lot to choose from. Not a lot to choose from. <laughs> what is your worst performance? Oh, man. This is tough. Um, I know. I'm going to give honorable mention to the tattoo artist, which I've already talked about. They did not do their job. Yeah. Uh, but I have to go Yuri or Yurgi. I don't I don't know the fucking character's name. The main bad guy. Yeah. He's not scary. No. His accent is terrible. <laughs> His acting is atrocious. The lines that they gave him were terrible. Mm -hmm. And then he dies without any fanfare whatsoever i didn't even notice that he was missing from the movie so it transcends the actor it's the entire character's presence that's the worst all of the above got it. all of the above if your main villain suddenly disappears in the third act and uh -huh. you don't notice uh -huh. until five minutes later uh -huh. that's a problem uh -huh. <laughs> mine my worst performance of this movie which comes with an asterisk is the soundtrack because <gasps> some of the music I enjoyed, right? But the way it was used in this movie uh, yeah. was like, oh, it was so annoying. Yeah, the, the needle drop way of presenting the music oh, was really bad. Oh, it was so bad. grating. Like, yes, I get they're trying to make like an extreme, like, uh, uh, what's the word when everything is uh, distressed? Right. Yeah. Everything's got to be distressed. Like everything's too loud and gritty and harsh and all of that. But man, it sure was annoying for two two hours. It's way too long. Yeah, our neighbors are probably not happy about it. Mm. Who is your MVP? Okay, the MVP that that we try to give out is the person who's in this movie who didn't realize they were in a bad movie and delivered anyway. <sighs> I just have a bunch of question marks. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Danny Trejo just because he's Danny Trejo, yeah. and I want to give it to Danny yeah. Trejo, but he didn't really do anything. He wasn't he was in it for ten seconds. Yeah, he just I guess himself. I guess I could give it to Vin Diesel because he does carry the movie and delivers oh, for sure. what it is they wanted him to deliver. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's no there's no one in this movie that I was like, well, they're doing a good job. My MVP, explosions. Explosions did a great job exploding. They exploded when they should have exploded. They were big. They were definitely on fire. They blew shit up. Yeah, great job. They explosions. did it. Um, my MVP for Triple X is explosions. Great. Yeah, it makes a lot you, of sense. That's what you paid your eight ninety nine for your ticket for. Are you ready to share with us, the audience, your unredeemable moment? Yes. <laughs> List okay. them out. You could list them out. You could talk about a lot of things in this movie. Mm. You could talk about the roof bike jump. The you could talk about the the Xander Zone stuff. You could talk about his stupid gun. That's a terrible idea. You could talk about how it wants to not be a James Bond movie, and therefore it becomes absolutely a James Bond mm -hmm. movie. But I'm gonna wrap all of that up into a nice, neat ball and make my unredeemable mo unredeemable moment the runtime of this movie. Oh, God, yes. This movie, which I enjoy, is 
two hours and five minutes long. It needs to be an hour and a half. It needs to be an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> it is so unbelievably fucking long. It, and yeah. the last 20 minutes of it are a chore. Like, and not, not what's happening, but because you've been sitting in this screaming heavy metal in your face. It's fatiguing. And explode. I'm, I was so done. So done. Like you said, <laughs> we were supposed to watch a second movie last night and we just didn't. Yeah, it was exhausting. Yeah. It was enough. Uh, my, <laughs> wow, I have a lot of things we already talked about, but my top unreadable moment is the x-ray binoculars that just conveniently x-rayed some <laughs> things and not other things whenever they felt like it. Like just, yeah, whatever I feel like seeing, Yeah. that's what these are going to see. Zoom in. <laughs> Imagine being Zoom on, enhance. Be, being on set and watching Vin Diesel pointing binoculars at a brick wall and then having reactions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Ahab, are you ready for this? It's time for your favorite part. Tell us. Uh, my favorite part was the avalanche. Other than the music, which was wretched, the avalanche scene was really cool. It was like you said. It was shot well. It was. Uh, it looked good. Like it made. It didn't make sense, but it, it within the movie it made sense. Um, and it and it it wasn't cringy at all. I didn't think. I concur with you. I also have that as my favorite part. I thought that was really well shot and filmed. It's it's almost like that would be. That would be like a Mission Impossible style thing where like this is a concept they had of this really cool shot. Let's build a movie around it. Yeah. Right. Like let's put all of our stock into doing this right and make something genuinely impressive and like the rest of the movie needs to fall into place to fit around it yeah. it was really good um the cg af of the snow was pretty poor but i mean it's 2002 i'll give them a pass for it considering that it was 2002 i didn't think it was that bad it was yeah, yeah considering it was 2002 like I'm, i don't know movies i don't know what physics dynamics were really like at that time but i'm betting this was the best they could do we've watched much newer movies with way worse cg oh yeah there's movies coming out now or pre yeah. pre shutdown that had much worse C there's something oh uh dr doolittle man hot garbage cg terrible did you watch it? I no, but I saw enough oh. on uh, I saw enough in the previews. <laughs> if that's the best that they have to show us, yeah. then the rest of it's not going to be very good. Um, okay, well, what is your better title? Well, I have XXX Games Russia, mm -hmm. and I have Lord of the Thumb Rings. Thumb rings. <laughs> oh, so many thumb man. rings in this movie. <laughs> My better title is Triple X, Metaphors for First-Timers. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, is this good, bad, good, bad, or just bad? It's good, bad. Um, it's definitely not just bad. I like this movie, and I may or may not watch it again in my lifetime. I'm leaning towards no, but <laughs> it is a good time. It's just too fucking long uh hold on there is no reason for this movie to be that long wait a second until last night you thought you owned this movie i did think that i owned it and i did own it i must have discarded it at some point last year because i wasn't intending to watch it again. last year you discarded it <laughs> when we moved yeah doesn't just because I don't own it doesn't make it not good bad. Just because you own it doesn't mean 
<laughs> I don't own it. <laughs> but you thought you did. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like I said, I used to be 19, and this movie was great. I, I, I bought it in 2002. Did so. you sleep with this DVD under your pillow for a while? Were you like, man, I'm going to be this guy one day? Yeah. No, I still aspire me. to be Xander Cage. <laughs> you should see what I can do with a serving tray. <laughs> I... This movie isn't good, that's for sure. I'm like, that's I'm between, not, not an option. I'm between good, bad, and bad. It's, I think it has to be good, bad. It fits into this, this, uh, this show. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really recommend it to anybody because I don't hang out with nineteen-year-old boys. So I mean, maybe if I did, <laughs> I'm really happy that you don't hang out with nineteen-year-old boys. I would, yeah, they're just not for me. So I, um. I guess I'll, I'll call it good, bad, but only only because I feel like kind of some obligation to not call it bad. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's triple X. Okay, I'm done talking about triple X. <laughs> so let's talk about what's going to happen for the rest of October concerning Good, Bad Two, the sequel. As you well know, if you've been around since last October, we here at the Good Bad Show, the whole team. Mm-hmm. Our, all of us the whole staff all of us are horror movie fans we like halloween we like october and we like everything that comes with it so next month is going to be horror month Woo. if you're following us at the good bad show i asked for some suggestions and we took some of those suggestions and we are going to run with them and we've got some stuff of our own so next week we are going to cover halloween 3 season of the witch which is the Halloween movie that does not have Michael Myers in it. Then, the following week, we are going to cover Jennifer's Body, which has Megan Fox, and I don't actually know what that's about. <laughs> then, we're going to do Silent Rage, which is a Chuck Norris movie and is going to be our first Chuck Norris movie. Is this movie. a Halloween movie? I think that we read the synopsis on it and that it had to do with resurrecting the dead. Oh, boy. Oh, Okay, yes. Yeah. Now I'm excited about this movie. Yes, I remember reading the synopsis and thinking that it was fake. Then, to round things out... Roundhouse things out? Roundhouse. <laughs> to roundhouse out the month, we are going to do Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh, no. Which is that? an Ed Wood movie, and it is universally considered the worst movie ever made. Oh, boy. It is on every list of the worst movies. Oh, boy. And we have to do it. And that means you have to watch it. Yeah. Listeners. Yeah. So go watch Halloween 3, Jennifer's Body, Silent Rage, and Plan 9 from Outer Space in preparation for listening to myself and Danielle and our entire staff who is working tirelessly tirelessly on this show um and uh so you can listen along and join the fun oh that sounds exhausting i can't wait <laughs> i cannot wait we're gonna eat so much candy corn during all of these things we're gonna be hyped up on morning candy corn hey get us at the good bad show and send us sweets and thumbs up or thumbs down on candy corns we a thumbs up big thumbs up big thumbs up but i know some people are big thumbs down well those are animals and no one is thumbs sideways about it Ooh, no not really no no um one. you can be thumbs down about it and we can still be friends but we will you know think of you a bit differently yeah. that's okay so you should tell us but just be prepared we might not invite you to our next party it's fine it's okay okay well that's the end we're done bye bye